The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. Model, but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. is as always it's noor um how are you guys how's everybody doing it's been a shit show of a week huh it's like the bad news can't stop coming and um the more and more people look into what happened in texas this week the darker it seems like the world is um and it's really heartbreaking and it's really sad and i just I've, again, just been wondering what the fuck is happening in this country. And, um, you know, I know that there's a couple of GoFundMes going around for the families in um, the town. And I think the most we can do is, again, like I said, donate to them. So I'm going to link in the bio to the GoFundMes that are in there. Um, And a great post I saw was, for every um, Instagram post you share, any fundraiser you donate to, 
make a phone call to your representatives to let them know the change that you're looking to make. So if you live in a blue area like I do and your representatives are all Democrats, write to them, let them know that you want them to keep pushing towards gun control laws. And if you are in a red red area, one, find your local representative who is possibly Uh, running for election, see what you can do to hear their voices about gun control. And um, and if you are in a red area and you think that you could make a difference, start calling them, start writing to them and tell them that you want them to do something about this. So that's a tip I had for that. And then, you know, just try to find ways to find something positive. You know, what's a great distraction. I mean, look, There's nothing wrong with trying to distract yourself with what's going on. And certainly it's a privilege that we have that we can a little bit. I think a balance is good. You know, watching Bravo, listening to a Bravo podcast is a good distraction. Another great distraction is the mom talk drama on TikTok. I didn't even know that this was a thing. So apparently there's a group of women on TikTok called mom talk and they are Mormon women moms. That seems repetitive. Mormon moms. And they um, make a bunch of videos and they're always showing pictures with their babies. Anyway, one of the women is spilling the tea and she has released (laughs) a TikTok about how they're all swingers, how they're all swingers. Everybody is made out and done all kinds of other stuff with each other's spouses, women with women, women with each other's husbands, basically swingers. Y'all know how swingers work. I don't have to explain it, but it's just, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to hear that considering what the rumors are about Whitney, right? And I'm not going to say that this is like a, a common thing in Colorado, but I do know somebody else who used to live in Colorado and was big in the MLM space. Cause I think like, that's a big thing. Oh, Colorado. What am I saying? Utah. They used to live in Utah. And it was like a big thing in Utah is like MLMs, right? We know that that's how Whitney Rose made her money. We know that that's basically what her new skincare line is, whatever. So she said a big thing in the MLM space is swaying. <laughs> They're really into it. They they go for it. They go balls to the wall. So I just thought that was very interesting that we are seeing a bunch of Mormon swingers come out. And I want to know. Are there other Mormon swingers? Are there other non-denominational swingers? I mean, let me know. Not that I'm interested. I would never swing. I have too much OCD and I don't trust anybody. I don't trust anybody's privates. I don't. Okay. That's why it's been with the same person who is a real Virgo, Diana Jenkins, um, for like 15 years. Okay. Anyway. Let's talk about Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Um, we open on Crystal's house and everybody comes over except for Sutton, who is in Austin for some business stuff. And we hear that Kathy was on Garcelle's show. And I'm again wondering, where's Kathy Hilton? Where is she? What are we doing with Kathy? Where is she Where's she at? Um, the ladies all talk about going to La Quinta for Kyle's store opening. I'm going to get into it about Kyle by Shahida or Shahida, really. We'll talk about that on D later. Dorit uh, goes to get up to pee and Kyle. <laughs> okay. If this was my best friend, I would fucking murder her. Kyle plays an extremely private voicemail from Dorit to the group. And 
it is so fucked up. Like she's like, did you guys hear her voicemail? It was so bad. And then she plays it for the producers. I was like, that if I was having a panic attack and somebody recorded it and then somebody played it, I would murder them. Okay. Um, Rena's like, we need to surround her because what she's going through is a classic panic attack. Dorit comes back from the bathroom, and of course, nobody says a thing until Garcelle says something. She says, hey, how are you feeling? And Dorit says that she's been having physical pain and anxiety, and the Xanax hasn't helped. Um, And of course, Kyle has to make a mountain out of a molehill and always pick the wrong moment because she's a piece of shit shitster. But she says, I'm not trying to spark more issues, but I just want to tell everyone what happened. And she tells everyone her conversation with Sutton and Sutton's insensitive reaction to Dorit's burglary. And Garcelle is the only person there who's like, hey, hey, I'm like, let's not talk about a person behind her back. Like, let's bring this up in front of her. And that is such a breath of fresh air to the franchise that is truly made of backtalk and miscommunication, right? Like their biggest issue with LVP was that she used to do this shit behind the cameras and she used to convince them all to have these conversations with each other or she used to muster up bad feelings between people. And so Kyle thinks that she's being a good person by doing the LVP work like sharing what Sutton did on camera. She thinks that that's not backstabbing. But the thing is, it's still backstabbing, Kyle, because you're not having the conversation in front of Sutton. But anyway, uh, Garcelle tells him to, you know what, bring it up later. And Dorit's like, well, I'm not going to be the one to bring it up because I don't think I should be the one to. Everyone is later going to La Quinta. And of course, we get a ton of dog comedy from Kyle. Okay, it's Kyle and her giant dogs. She's getting pummeled by dogs. She's wrangling up her dogs. The dogs are there who let them out. Kyle let them out. She's constantly ch- – she used to constantly be like chasing after her kids. And then once the kids left, she was like, I must be chasing after something. I need to be dramatic, Kyle, about something. And it should be about the dogs. She loves like – like we said that Sutton has that like Kathy, the comic strip lady, like energy, like ah. Kyle also does, but especially when it comes to her dogs. Um, she's on her way down and she calls Shahida, but Shahida, her business partner. And I need to know more about this auntie who got into business with Kyle Richards. Like she is convincing this lady to sell caftans. Like she, this auntie convinced Kyle Richards to sell caftans with her name on it. And I needed to know more. So I went and I looked up. Her name is. Shahida Clayton, and I don't believe that that's her real last name. So I looked up, and her she has a website called Shahida per, Perides, but I think that for like South Asians, I think that's a playoff of Bardes. I don't think that's her real last name. I, I think that that's just like her business name. I don't think that's her actual name. But anyway, the website, you guys, it's uh, it's rough. Okay, it's like a step up from like like ordering stuff off of Amazon and everything is just marked up like 200%. It's like, you know, um, if you've ever gotten clothes from that website, I can't remember the name. I should have thought about, I should have written this down, but I didn't. But you can like, it basically is like you go on this website and it's the same print and they just put the print on different things 
and one of those things happens to be caftans, it's like Alibaba Express, guys. It's like not great. It's not great, but it's just, it's rough. Okay. And I don't understand how this woman is the one that got roped into business with Kyle Richards. It's bizarre. Um, also, I want to know, like, what's up with the heavy Siri usage? Is Kyle sponsored by Apple? Like, what's going on here? Uh, Crystal gets a no Garcelle. Garcelle gets a giant crystal delivered to her house, and all I could think was, I can't wait for Kyle to get one next year for her house. Um, Erica is wardrobe planning with Mikey, Mickey, whatever, and she says she usually resells her things to buy new things, but she can't because of the bankruptcy. And I. If you guys are listening, I need the Bravo docket to tell me, is that because she knows that if she sells those items, she's going to have to give the money to the victims? What would be the reason for why she wouldn't sell those items and use the money to buy new stuff? It just like it didn't quite add up to me. But the only thing I could think was if she sells things that she claims were not purchased because there was never $20 million using the money, she should be able to sell it, right? Um, but I would think that because it is linked to that money, she can't sell those items because anything she sells would have to go to the victim, the, the widows and orphans, right? But of course, guys, she's been proved innocent, obviously, as she tells us later, right? Um, Kyle gets a call from PK because she gets to La Quinta first and they talk about Dorit's anxiety. Apparently, Dorit is supposed to come with Kyle, but she's coming later because she's just having a bad go of it. And I got to say, like, Dorit does a lot of things, but I certainly do not blame her for how she's been feeling. Like, she can process things as she needs to. Remember that. Um, The ladies, Garcelle, Diana... Um, Crystal, Rinna all gather at Erica's house and they're on their way down to La Quinta. We get like a bunch of iPhone footage and Rinna says roadie like 10 times um, because like Rinna has this like, um, I would say it's like, you know how when people get older, they regress into being babies, right? Like we know that, that like one of the signs of old age is that you start to like say things and do things like, like you did when you were a child. Rinna is... I think that's what's happening with her because she's like, roadies. I love roadies. 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 I love a roadie. Let's make me a roadie. Oh, Crystal's here. She can make me a roadie. She said roadie like 20 times. It was like the time with hot dogs. She was like, I love a hot dog. I love once a year. I love to get my hot dogs. Where's the hot dogs? There's no hot dogs. Like, I feel like that's what's happening to Lisa Rinna in her big age. Um, Let's see what else. Um, they yeah, so they're all starting to ride down. Diana and Crystal ride together, and did I call it Christelle? <laughs> Diana and Crystal ride together. Rena, Erica, and Garcelle ride together. And um, Crystal asks Diana if she goes to the outlets, and Diana says she doesn't know what an outlet is. And then she says she's never been shopping. She doesn't go shopping. And the designers come to her house and Crystal tells us that she is uh, quite thrifty and she doesn't buy anything fresh from the designer. She waits three years and then she never pays retail, which I was like, love that. That is so Asian of you. Love that for you, Crystal. I love that you have Lion King money and you're like, I'm not spending my Lion King money. I'm not stupid. Very, very smart. The very Asian way to be. It's the it's child of an immigrant. You can tell. Um, but let's talk about Diana. Because she's like, oh, I I don't know. What is outlet? What? Listen, 
Okay, I get that you're like crazy rich, but you don't go from being being dirt poor to crazy rich and then not know about discount shopping malls. Like, I don't believe this. I call bullshit on this. The same way I call bullshit on Erica being like, I went to the bank for the first time and I've never cashed a check. Like, I get that Diana went from really poor to really rich in the last, like, what? She's like 42 or 43 or something, right? She's in her early 40s or maybe she's 47. I can't remember. She's in her 40s and she met this banker man in her late 20s. So she's been rich for 20 years. Let's go 2002. Okay, 2002, 2001. You've never been, you don't remember shopping at a cheap store. You don't remember what it's like to shop. Like later on, she's like, I don't know what to do in a store. What do you do here? Like, what do you mean what do you do here? Like, did she look at like people using like the gun, the scanning gun and like put it in her eye? Like, what do you mean you don't know what to do in a store? You are not so rich that you forget how to do basic things. That's that's nonsensical. Anyway, the rest of the ladies get to La Quinta. Um, everyone except for Sutton, Crystal, and Diana are staying at Kyle's house. And we see that when Diana's team – Diana travels with her team, and her team needs to come first to set up the space and make it like home for her, which is really important to her. They talk about how she – has to sit with her back to walls and not to windows or doors. And uh, I think that's a Virgo thing because I'm definitely like that. My husband's definitely like that. I hate, hate sitting with my back to openings, okay? It gives me the heebie-jeeps. Just now I realized there's a window behind me, which is fine. It was I'm on the second floor of my house, but suddenly the thought of a window behind me, bone chilling, okay? Spine tingling. And Dorit makes her way to La Quinta, I guess, as well. I don't know when that happened, but she's at Kyle's house and um, the rest of the ladies are there. They're getting dressed up. She tells Garcelle she hasn't been feeling herself, feeling like herself. She doesn't even feel like getting dressed up. She's not wanting to do glam. And everybody's like, that is very sad that Dorit's one of the big parts of her personality is gone. Her personality being glam. Um, everyone's doing glam, getting ready for the night. Sutton and Crystal sit and talk and Crystal tells Sutton what Kyle shared with the group the other night about her insensitive comment about Dorit's robbery. Um, and specifically the thing about, sorry, I didn't have a gun to my head. And Sutton explains why. She says that the PTSD of her childhood burglary and her father's suicide by gun essentially makes her dissociate. Like she doesn't know what to do and doesn't know what to say. So she gets really awkward and she says the wrong things and she acts really weird. And she recognizes in those moments that she is being weird. We get to Kyle's store. Kyle gets to her store first and stupid ass Teddy is there. Teddy tries to have moments and I'm like, bitch, you didn't even get mic'd up. Okay. you What were you? What? You really tried to make a moment. She's like, Kyle, hi. like the cameras barely paid any attention to her. Um, Kyle is panicking because she says things are not perfect and Shahida's really stressed out too. And Kyle's like, oh my God, I just like, I need everything to be perfect. Ma'am, you've been there for two days. Okay. If you wanted everything to be perfect, why didn't you go earlier? Like much, much earlier instead of waiting to do glam to do what? So they could put your hair into like a, what was that? What was her hair in a ponytail? But it was with a claw clip. It's like, you paid money for somebody to do that. (laughs) I don't understand. Um, now the logo here, can we talk about the logo? The logo for Kyle by Shahida is 
it's in Times New Roman. Okay. It's in basic ass Times New Roman. Okay. It is the lowest effort, basic version of Microsoft Word I have ever seen. It's, it's like the trial version. Like somebody got a laptop and the laptop had a trial version of Microsoft Word for like 45 days and somebody used it because the trial version had some font, but not all the fonts. And the font they went with was Times New Roman. And then even the word Kyle in block letters, like I was looking at this, the logo on the step and repeat and also on the store. The word Kyle is in block letters, but it's an Arial. It's an Arial bold small caps. And why do I know these things? Because I work in a space where I often have to do a ton of stuff with infographics. So I'm very aware of fonts. And it's Times New Roman and Arial. Like... It is so low effort and it, it's insane because even the caftans and stuff, they're very low effort. Like they're very, it's it's like she took a very basic thing and popped her name on it and she's acting like she did this big thing and she gets to be creative. Creative where? Where were you creative? In the logo? You're not creative with the designs. You haven't worked on the designs. What have you done? You've worn the clothes and taken some pictures in them. That is the most that you did. It's insane. That she, and, and the thing is, I guess the Shahida woman's smart because she's like, whatever, this dumbass is going to put her name on it and I'll make a bunch of money. I guess, you know what? Good for you. Good for, good for you, Shahida, whatever your last name is. It's not Clayton for real. Good for you. Okay. You are hustling and you hustled Kyle Richards. So props. Uh, the rest of the ladies get there and Diana, this is when she's like, I've never been inside of a store. Shut up. Okay. Shut up. Um, Sutton, I have to say has like an Emma Stone energy about her. Like she always feels like to me, Emma Stone playing a character. Like can't, you know, that gif from crazy, stupid love of Emma Stone rolling her eyes and saying, yum, you know, that gif that's Sutton. (laughs) That's Sutton. Like I've never seen a more Emma Stone person in my she seems like a character from an Emma Stone movie. Okay. Um Rinna again in her geriatric age keeps just she has nothing to say. She's got this like big corny smile and she just says, I love the store. I love the store. Love the space. I love the store. Okay, Rinna. Um Rinna also does <laughs> She does nothing. She just repeats things. She just says things. She like, everything is so not genuine. Um, everybody one by one essentially says something along the lines of these are clothes you could wear to sleep. Rena says, look at this. It could be a nightdress. Diana says she would wear the clothes at home. I mean, it, essentially, they're all saying these are all nightgowns. Okay. <laughs> Kyle, you have a brick and mortar in the desert. I don't know why she keeps talking about the desert. You have a brick and mortar in the desert selling house dresses, okay? Do I love house dresses? You know who else loves the caftan and house dresses? Lisa Vanderpump. She does. Um, Let's see. Let's see. What else? Uh, Oh, the ribbon cutting. The ribbon cutting is happening. And again, even the ribbon. The ribbon is from Party City. This whole thing, the logo, the clothes, even the store, even the party, like there's not a lot of people. It's um low budget. Okay. It's low budget. It is. Um Sutton and Dorit 
start to talk, okay? They have a nice conversation. Sutton right off the bat says she wants to apologize. She wants to be a sincere person. She didn't want to come off insincere. And Dorit's like, well, yeah, I mean, hearing the thing about the gun to my head is like a very shocking thing that you would make a comment like that. And Sutton explains her triggers. She explains her bizarre, uncomfortable behavior. And Dorit accepts the apology and they hung it out. And in a perfect world that would go bingo, bingo, you're done. Okay, we can move on. Uh, Diana and Erica are talking at the bar and Erica is essentially trying to get Diana to pay for her things. Um, Erica also inadvertently admits that she's broke. She doesn't, it's pretty blatant. She blatantly admits that she's broke. Um, Kyle, Crystal and Sutton are talking and this is where like Kyle says something like the more creative I am, the busier I am and the nicer I am to everybody. That's like a, I don't know if you guys remember, but this is like a, an Instagram reel sound or a TikTok sound that was going around. And it was actually Rena talking about why she, I think, why does she take the pills or why does she work out or something? And she says, it's because I do it because then I'm nicer to everybody. I think it's from the show. But Kyle basically parroted off of that. Um, but anyway, they goof around Sutton and Kyle about stabbing each other in the back. Um, ha ha. Anyway. The ladies go back to Kyle's house for food and drinks, and um, Diana and Kyle are talking about their signs, and Diana says she's a Leo. She's not. She's on the Leo Virgo cusp. I'm August 28th, and that is often included in the Leo Virgo cusp because it's like a couple of days before the cutoff and a couple of days after the cutoff. But like, I think what Diana probably did is she went to an astrologer and gave her gave them all the times and everything, and somebody said – well, yeah, you're actually more of a Leo than you are a Virgo, which is fine, but you're not actually a Leo. Um, Diana is talking about her babies and she's sharing pictures of her baby. Apparently her baby started to stand and Kyle says, can I have one too? And I know that she was just saying it, but I would just like to um, say to Diana, you should approach with caution, Okay. You should approach with caution. Telling Kyle that you have a bunch of embryos, she may try to take one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Okay, it's the neon signs. It's the checkerboard floors. You know, it's LVP's caftans. Okay. It, oh, now that now the LVP's not there, suddenly Kyle has so much dog, dog uh, drama. Not drama. Just dog work. You know, her prop is her dogs. Hmm. So strange that you suddenly – I didn't even know that Kyle had dogs. You know why? Because before the dogs, it was the, it was the humans. It was her, her daughters. And then once the daughters left and once LVP left, suddenly she was like, oh, I also have a goofy dog. I've got five dogs. I love dogs. Anyway, all I'm saying is, Diana, she might try to take one of your babies, okay? Um, they talk about baby showers and we get an unnecessary shot from Andy's baby shower from the last time Lisa Renan did anything remotely interesting. Okay. We have to roll that footage every, every year to remind us of the time that Lisa Renan was kind of cool, but actually now we've seen more and more footage of that and she's not cool because all of the black women at that party did not want to fuck with Lisa Renan. Okay, there's a clip of her screaming at Nini saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. And Nini and Marlo are both ignoring her. And right behind them is Candace, uh, Candace Dillard Bassett. And she's also ignoring her. So I don't know how cool you were, Rena. And I also like don't want to see that shot of her butt and like the gaping hole between her butt, which I guess is that her 
I don't know what that is, but it made me uncomfortable to see that. I was like, this is not the anatomy skeleton that I wanted to be seeing right now. Okay. Um, anyway, Lisa, Rena, everybody's eating and Rena makes a full plate and then the dogs come and sit next to her. I think she did that on purpose. Okay. I did. I don't, I've never seen Lisa Rena eat. I've never seen her eat. Okay. I also want to just say, I'm not a dog person. Okay. I'm not an animals person and I can't eat in this house with the dogs that just eat off your plate. I, I, I don't. Okay. I made that, that video of you can't eat at everybody's house and I cannot eat at this house. I cannot eat at a house where I feel like dogs are eating human food or off of human food plates. Mm -mm. Mm. I draw the line. Okay. I, I, I can't. It's disgusting. Um, they all sit down and Garcelle, again, our hero, our savior, she says, hey, now that we're all together, let's all sit and talk to Sutton about the thing you guys were all talking about, Sutton. And Kyle's like, what? Well, everything I, I said to Sutton, I said to her face because Garcelle's basically implying like, let's not talk behind her back. And Kyle gets very defensive. Oh, I no, I said I said it to Sutton's face. And Sutton says, look, I already talked to Doree. I've apologized and I'm as genuine as I can be. And Kyle then starts to go on and on and on about how Sutton should have processed Doree's stuff. And I want to just pause here for a second about how Kyle thinks. Kyle is always having a private experience. Kyle is always, always, always thinking about how she is perceived and how she has to defend herself. In that moment, the thing that Kyle is the most upset about is that somebody thinks that she was talking behind their back, which she was. She was. She did have a situation with Sutton, and she talked to Sutton about it. And Sutton actually explained to Kyle the same thing that she explained to Dorit. She explained the exact same thing to Kyle. Kyle did not accept it. Dorit did accept it. But Kyle still took that information and she took half of it because she didn't tell them why she said it, right? Like she never went back to the women and said, by the way, I did talk to Sutton and I clarified what she was going through. And she said, oh, it's because of her own triggers or whatever. She didn't tell them that. Instead, she only told them half of the story. And then she's like, oh, no, but I already said this to Sutton's face. You still talked about it. You still shared an interaction where Sutton was awkward with the other women with the intention to make Sutton look bad. It's still talking shit, even if you say that stuff to somebody's face. It's still talking behind somebody's back. And then when Garcelle is like, you let's talk about the thing you were saying about Sutton now that Sutton's here, Kyle is getting very, very defensive because she does not want to look like somebody who talks shit about other people, right? So now when she's getting going on and on about how no Sutton, you weren't acting right or you weren't empathetic and all that stuff, she is only defending her own self. She's only defending herself because she wants to tell everybody like, this is the reason why I brought it up. It's because I feel like she wasn't behaving appropriately. If Dorit has forgiven her and they've already talked about it, why are you bringing it up over and over again that Sutton was not being empathetic? Why? It's only because Kyle wants to explain to everybody, like, this is why I said it. This is why I was sharing it with you guys, because she was actually acting really, really weird. And Sutton says again, like, look, I didn't go to Dorit's house because when my dad passed away and everybody came over, I was really overwhelmed and I felt really put out and I didn't want to make Dorit feel put out and overwhelmed. And again, Dorit is very forgiving and understanding of the situation. Diana chimes in out of nowhere. 
She says, I don't know Sutton, but I think she's clumsy with her words and behavior. Ma'am, if you don't know her, maybe you should keep your opinions to yourself. But she says that Sutton does things and says things that really do hurt people. And Erica, in like a full Bond villain pose, chewing on ice, says, yes. Diana says that she forgives, but she doesn't forget. And all of this is because of Sutton's behavior at Harry Hamlin's birthday party, which again, I don't think anything Sutton said was wrong or weird. I I don't understand. But then she also says, but Sutton, you work on yourself and you apologize as you have multiple times I've seen it. So this is when Sutton says, yes, I'm always sorry. I will apologize. I love to say sorry. <laughs> and I will say I was very empathetic. And Kyle goes on and on again about you weren't, you weren't Sutton. You weren't empathetic, Sutton. You weren't. And it's like, again, Kyle is making this more about making herself look less bad because the reason why she was talking about Sutton was because she felt like Sutton did something really horrible, which is fine. You can, but then admit that you were talking shit about her. You were. Crystal is at this point calling out the hypocrisy because she says it's inappropriate to tell somebody that they feel wrong. She says, like, that is the ultimate gaslighting, which, by the way, is the only way that gaslighting should be used. Crystal understands how the term gaslighting um, works. It's not the way that Rena sang about at the reunion a couple of years ago. This is how gaslighting works. When you tell somebody how they should feel, that is gaslighting. And she says that that makes her distrusting in a friendship. They ask Crystal why she's upset, and Crystal explains that she felt violated by Sutton last year, and everybody went on a strong campaign to police her feelings. And Crystal tells us that she was not given any understanding or grace and constantly told that she was wrong for feeling that way. Crystal says to Kyle, you said change the word to rude, but when I was violated, I was violated. And Crystal, Kyle at this point calls Crystal a dramatic millennial, which is rich. She says that Crystal always has something to complain about. This the being the woman who has complained about something or another every single year. Every single year, it is rich for Kyle to be going on about this. Crystal is pretty clear cut here for me. Okay. She says that she feels a certain way that they policed her feelings last year and they told her that she shouldn't have felt violated and that she should forgive Sutton, right? And this year, they're policing Sutton's feelings and not giving her the same grace they had asked Crystal to give her last year. Like, Kyle says that Sutton was not being empathetic. They're policing Sutton's feelings by saying that we know how you felt and you weren't being what you are saying that you are being. You were being, right? She's basically trying to say like Sutton actually didn't care about Dorit. She wasn't being nice about Dorit, right? And Sutton's like, no, I know I was being insensitive, but I do care about you. I do care about Dorit. I do understand the pain she's going through. And Kyle's trying to tell her that she doesn't. And it's like even with Crystal last year, it was like Crystal said she felt violated and Kyle told her, no, you don't get to say that you feel violated. That's policing somebody's feelings. And Crystal's trying to say, if you were able to give, force me to give Sutton grace, then why aren't you giving her that grace back right now, right? Kyle, of course, doesn't understand the comparison. And one could say she is getting quite dramatic in her reaction to Garcelle sticking up for Sutton. She gets some bass in her voice. 
And she shouts, I am not apologizing. And I just wanted to say, ma'am, ma'am, I wish, I wish, I wish so much that Crystal was like, hey, you're being so dramatic. Like, just maybe relax. Calm down, Kyle. Calm down. You're being too dramatic. Lower your voice, ma'am. Lower your voice. I'm going to need you to calm down. Sutton says one of the biggest lessons she learned with the crystal thing was respecting how someone feels. And suddenly Erica <laughs> Erica pipes up with, do you respect how you treated me last year? And Garcelle is like, oh, here we go. Which thank you, Garcelle, for speaking on behalf of all of us. And Sutton says, I feel pretty good about how I handled it. And I just, I love the fact that whenever Erica tries to come for Sutton, Sutton's like, no, I, in this situation, I know I'm not wrong. So like, shut up. And Erica says, do you realize everything that you've said has been proven not true? And like, everybody just stares at each other. Like, okay, we're just, we're not, you know what? We're, we're, um, we're not, we're not going to go into this. And Erica goes into her little enunciating shtick where she's like, first Crystal, then me, now Dorit. The common denominator is Sutton. She does it this, she does this like weird thing where she starts to like hit every single syllable. And she says, am I wrong? And it's like, again, Sutton just rolls her eyes. But of course, the thing is so bizarre that even Rena, who is like, Erica's biggest supporter is like, uh, yeah, we're getting off track here. Why don't, um, why don't we focus on what's going on here? And she says in a confessional that everybody should be focusing on Dorit. It's so selfish that everybody should be focusing on Dorit and surrounding her and listening to her. And then they cut to Dorit starting to talk. And the very first person to leave is Rinna. She thinks so much that we should care about what Dorit has to say that immediately as soon as Dorit starts talking, she leaves. Um, Crystal explains again, my feelings are irrelevant to them. And Dorit from Connecticut shows up and shouts, are you fucking out of your mind or whatever? And again, it's like, where was this Where was this energy, Kyle and Dorit, against Erica? Okay, what, I've never seen you yell at her like that. Suddenly, we're all pointing our doo-doo nails at each other's faces and putting bass in our voice and screaming at each other, screaming at these women with or what's. Like, come on. Crystal says that she has to leave because this space is not safe. She does not feel safe here. And Dorit (laughs) says in a confessional, it's the poor choice of words given what I'm going through. So again, again, when Crystal uses a word to express how she feels about herself, it is always about how the words are received by the other women, but not actually about Crystal and how she feels them. Again, when Crystal says, I don't feel safe, it's not a good word to use because Dorit doesn't feel safe it, for a whole other reason. But it's not about Dorit. It's about Crystal in the situation and how she feels. Crystal then says, you guys will never, ever validate someone's feelings unless you can understand it, which is wonderful and so insightful and truly how these women have moved. This is how these women move. And again, I didn't bring this up before, but there's a clip going around of Kyle going up to uh, Lisa Vanderpump at Vanderpump Dogs and Lisa Vanderpump saying, where have you been? I've needed you. And I've been so upset. This is after her brother dies by suicide. And Kyle says, we all have a lot of shit going on. Okay. 
Okay, so you also don't know how to react in certain situations, Kyle. You're also not perfect at showing empathy or care. You're not you're also insensitive a lot, like you are being right now in this situation. But anyway, uh Crystal says you guys are never going to validate anybody's feelings unless you can understand. And she says she can't be here and she says she has to leave and Diana has to go with her because she is her bodyguard. Dorit and Kyle start to get up and they're like we didn't know you were holding this stuff inside. And again, it's like Crystal's not going to try to explain it again because it's not about her holding this stuff inside. What she's seeing is a clear hypocrisy in the moment at that time of how these women navigate when other people are feeling feelings that they don't understand. It's not like Crystal's been holding on to this thing. Crystal moved on. And then again, they saw her doing the same exact thing to another person. So it triggered her. That's how triggers work. Okay. Diane and Crystal leave. And of course, the Fox 4 dum-dums sit together and start talking about how immediately Kyle's like, oh, well, she was acting like our friend. And now it's all coming out. It's all coming to the surface. And it's like, of course, you're making this about yourself again, Kyle. Diana, Sutton, and Crystal talk in the car and... Crystal says, again, having a gang of people telling you that you can't feel a certain way is hard. And she feels bad for Sutton because they're doing the same thing to Sutton, right? They're telling her that she wasn't empathetic when Sutton is saying, no, I was. I know I was insensitive, but I do feel for you. I do feel for you, Dorit. And of course, the La Quinta girls start acting very differently when Garcelle enters the room. And Erica, of all people, says, let's not try to interpret Crystal's feelings. Let's not try to judge those feelings while she's not here to explain them. And you know what, guys? Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Okay. So what? Erica said one smart thing once in her life. Okay. She's still a piece of shit. Um, anyway, that was it. That's it for this episode. I know it was a little mini. Um, I'm really excited because next week the Real Housewives of Dubai are coming and I I'm hoping that I can get Arthi back to talk to me about the bite and Beverly Hills. But even with the bite, there's so many opinions already about the show. And I'm just so excited to get into it because I mean, come on, is Caroline Stein Stanberry? It's a bunch of um, Muslim and Muslim adjacent women. It's the bite, which I actually um, hate. <laughs> I hate the Emirates. I think Dubai is like the worst place ever, but I cannot wait to watch it. And anybody who's like, oh, bleh, they're bad labor laws, blah, blah, blah. How could they film there? Hi, welcome to America. Okay, we all know what happened this week. This country is no, you know, diamond. This season's diamond. Okay, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. This country sucks too. So watch the show for what it is. These women for what they are. Don't focus on the country that they're having. This They're filming this goddamn show. Okay. But that's it for this week. And I hope you guys have a great weekend and a great long weekend. I don't know if um, Atlanta's on on Monday or on Sunday, but I'll be back to talk about whatever's on on Sunday. Bye.